Ready to light that fire by doing the things that make you come alive? Welcome to Health Raisers, a podcast for wise women. I'm your host, Dr. Nadeep. I left a soul-crushing medical career full of bad news and evolved into a joyful health integration coach, helping hundreds of women find their healthy. You're more than your dress size. Stop putting up with toxic relationships, swallowing your true emotions, and sacrificing your mental health. Stop using your body as a battlefield. You're always giving. You deserve to put yourself first, not just for your sake, but for those you love. Wise women, let's make ourselves a priority right now. It's time to raise some health together. If you're ready to take the first step, visit npkhealthintegration.com and take the free questionnaire to assess where you are in your health journey right now. And if you're ready to take a bolder step into possibility with your health journey, email me at npk at npkhealthintegration.com to learn more about classes and coaching. Welcome, wise women, to my virtual living room. Today, my guest is Joe Hunter. Joe is the co-founder and CEO of 64 Million Artists. 64 Million Artists believe that everyone is creative, and the aim is to work collectively to catalyze the creativity of everyone in the UK. Joe, thank you so very much for being here. I can't wait to dive into our conversation. Me neither. (laughs) It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. So Joe, we're going to jump right into it. And the first question I want to ask you is when I say the phrase healthy woman, what comes to mind? Oh, that's a really great question. I think it's so interesting. The first thing that came to my mind when you said that just then was strength. I think it's something I've been thinking about a lot at the moment is like, how do I support myself to have the kind of strength that I need to live my life? Like whether that's physical, like being able to like pick up my two children and then run around with them or whether it's also like feeling strong enough to deal with a kind of emotion, you know, emotional load that I hold and live with. And um, so, yeah, for me, it's like being healthy is really, as a woman, is about having the resources you need in your life to be able to deal with the challenges that you face. And whether that's through sort of physical mental strength or whether it's through, you know, any, like looking after your energy, however you do that, or it's kind of being able to just sit and rest and breathe and be with whatever you have. So yeah, I guess that's my kind of first thoughts on the That's perfect because uh, I just had on the show uh, Dr. Boboff, who was talking about, we had a conversation about what strength looks like mm-hmm. and how it can be detrimental when we force ourselves to be strong in a very inflexible way. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear a little bit more about 
the nuances because it seems like you are thinking about it not as put on the brave face and do what I have to do, but I also heard in your response some softness, uh, mm. some res- resilience, some reflection in what strength could potentially be beyond the superficial. Definitely. And I think, you know, we work with women quite a lot in, we do a lot of work around sort of leadership and creativity. And I think, you know, one of our, one of the strongest things that we can do is to say no (laughs) and make space. And, And certainly for me, I think I find it most difficult to rest when I'm sort of trying to be on top of, you know, there are times when I'm kind of trying to deal with so many things that resting feels scary because I'm kind of, it just means too much time to kind of think about everything. So, so to me in that moment, the strength is having the ability to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to stop. I'm going to have a, take a breath. I'm going to, even if it's like uh, one of the, one of my trigger things that I notice is if I can't stand still for two minutes to brush my teeth, <laughs> there's something that's a problem. And uh-huh. that happens quite a lot, you know, uh-huh. but it's just like, just being able to just not do anything else, not try and put someone's socks on or like find what I'm going to wear or do, but actually just be able to sit still, stay still, um, is really important. So to me, that's what I guess I'm looking for in, in my own sort of journey with my health is like, yeah, the strength to be soft, like the strength to stay still and to, to rest, which is something that I find really hard because all of my kind of validation comes from being fast and being good and being getting things done and sorting things out. So, yeah. Mm, I would love to hear more about that narrative and how it serves you and doesn't serve you. And I am also curious about how you dealt with that narrative when it came to COVID, as you told me Mm. you had, and then the sequela, long COVID. It's been an incredibly sort of hard and long journey for me sort of because so basically I had I got COVID when uh when it when it first came out (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. one of the early adopters um but yeah so I had COVID in March 2020 right at the beginning of lockdown um you know we I think we'd been locked down since Friday and I got ill on the like Saturday or Sunday oh my goodness um and I was really ill you know it was really, really ill, didn't know what was going on. Obviously in that, in those early days, like I really remember people saying to me things like, are you sure you've had it? Or, you know, because people didn't really believe that everyone had it because there wasn't any testing or anything. Um, And I sort of seemed to, I recovered for a couple of days, then it it felt like it got worse. I got a chest infection. Um, And then I seemed to, like, I thought I had improved. Certainly, you know, I didn't, wasn't coughing so much. I didn't have those kind of symptoms, but suddenly I just, had absolutely no energy at all. So I would, if I was to go to the shop, which was maybe a five, four minute walk from my house, I'd then, that would be it for the rest of the day. I wouldn't be able to do anything else. And like certainly like going out to the party. So at the time I had one little boy, 18 months, he was then. And, you know, obviously I wanted to play with him and take him out, but it was so hard. If I, you know, if I went out and had fun, I might, I might actually feel all right for the moment of being out. And then I would come back. And as soon as I stopped, I'd get, you know, my chest would be incredibly tight and like, I would have a lot of pain. I would like physically have to lie down. And if, if I didn't lie down before I needed to, I would, you know, my body would just lie down for me basically. So I was just fainting mm. regularly, you mm. know, 
pretty much every day. Um, and obviously at the time, there wasn't really anyone, anything anyone could do. No one knew anything about it. No, people didn't know what was happening. Uh, and I was trying to like look after my kid and run my business and live in a very small flat with my husband. And yeah, it was really, really tough. And for someone like me, you know, it was completely transformative because I just not ever had to rest like that. Um, and I found it hard and I felt a bit depressed and I just, you know, I really, really struggled with it. And, and one of the things that was kind of fascinating was that my, all the women pretty much on my dad's side of the family. So my two female cousins and my older sister and I, luckily not my younger sister, all had the same. So we all got it around the same time and all had the same physical response. So, you know, pretty severe exhaustion, you know, really long you know, just going on and on for a, for a long period of time. And I think that was a sort of saving grace because there was something, luckily I'm sort of gifted with women in my life who are very reflective and kind of able to ask themselves difficult questions mm-hmm. and kind of have a have that kind of response to it. So I think for all of us, it was a moment to say, you know, as we're all similar, similarly wired, you know, we're all people who like to go out and do a lot in the world. We're all people who have like a real sense of purpose, we're all people who, you know, very, very active. Um, and suddenly it's like the universe was like, well, we tried everything else. <laughs> so we've sent you a global pandemic to try and get you to lie down for a while. Mm-hmm. And actually for me, it has been in the end helpful. Like it was horrible mm-hmm. and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. But it also made me think my life is completely out of balance here. Like I'm running around all over the place trying to do a million things. I'm constantly, you know, like wired. And and that's still part of me and it's still important. But actually, I can't continue to do that unless I rest and replenish and look after myself and prioritize myself. You know, I'm someone that's always been like, oh, I'll do this for this person. And I'll, you know, I've got to do this because of the kids. I've got to do this for my husband. I've got to do this for my team. Whereas actually, you know, it's really brought me to the realization that, and, you know, and everyone always says it, don't they? Put your own oxygen mask on first, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That counts for, <laughs> that counts for everyone else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but for me, I'm fine because I'm invincible. And this was one of those moments where it's like, oh, I'm really not. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. invincible. And mm-hmm. although physically, like, I've made a lot of changes to my diet, um, I've, you know, I've really noticed that like my cycle really affects, um, like the hormones affects like my energy level. So be, like having a lot more respect for that and kind of keeping track a bit more has really helped. And I, now I don't know whether I am feeling better, you know, is it just that I'm generally better and I don't have long COVID anymore? I, the, the really bad symptoms stopped when I got pregnant with my second, um, son actually, and then returned quite intensely when I, stop breastfeeding him um but now they seem to be under control and I don't know whether that is because I I have or just I just am a bit better at balancing my life um and I've made those changes um and also yeah also I think because I'm just I do get really tired still and I'm more aware of it and I think part of it is just about yeah me having an awareness much more of an awareness of my body and what its limits are Mm -hmm. and trying to have a bit more respect for that some of the time. And now, here's an ad from our sponsor. In the mood for coffee, tea, 
yummy pastries, or cool swag? My friends at Infusco have got you covered. Infusco Coffee Roasters is a cozy neighborhood coffee joint in Sawyer and St. Joseph, Michigan. Infusco stands for a healthy community. They craft irresistible seasonal drinks, sourcing local artisans' products. The flavors shine from quality ingredients, and their beans are roasted on site. They do not hide behind tons of sugar. Every time I go, I'm greeted by my name with a smile. Bad service is just non-existent. It feels like stepping into a friend's living room. They keep it personal. Old school eclectic coffee mugs on the wall, fun merch, including stickers designed by artists, t-shirts, and sweatshirts. It's the perfect place to get to know your neighbors and chat with tourists. You will always find people deep in conversation. Special events keep it fresh. Community, health, the heart of Sawyer. That's in Fusco. I hope to meet you there. That totally resonates with me because although I didn't um, have the exact same experience you did with um, COVID and dealing with young a young child at that time, many years ago, a little bit over a decade now, I depression. I was majorly depressed and I had, I stopped working at that point and it was really a, it just a, brought me to my knees and, and made me stop to reflect about what I was doing to myself, why I was doing it, what sort of expectations, unrealistic expectations I had for myself and what did I really want? And how did I want to interact with myself and with the people in my life? And did my beliefs, were my beliefs real? Mm. Were the beliefs that I had that I had to produce and I had to be this type of excellent person 100% of the time performing at high capacity so that I would be accepted, mm-hmm. I had to ask myself, was that true? And did the people around me really want that for me? And was that really why I was part of my family community, my community of friends, um, my community of colleagues? And then it was a, a very important moment for me to realize who was really on my team and who was not. And at that point, my colleagues were not. And it was being in that work environment was not the best for me or contributing to the best person that I could be in the world. That leads me to ask you a little bit more about what being healthy in community means to you, both in you started talking about it in your personal life and in your work life, um, especially when it comes to 64 million artists and creativity. I'd love mm-hmm. to hear about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think so for me, like part like creativity has been a massive part of the my journey, I think, in kind of understanding what, you know, understanding myself and understanding my role in in the world as well. And I think it's so 
10 years ago when I was having, you know, like really struggling, just come out of a big relationship, kind of feeling very lost in kind of where I was in my career. I took a month off work and I asked people to set me different creative challenges to do. And it was this kind of extraordinary moment where, again, you know, my sort of my life till then had been very much about perfectionism, apart from the early bit, you know, the early bit, we all play, don't we? We all make up stuff. We don't care about whether it's good or not. And then, you know, had become so obsessed with getting things right and being good and being the best at everything and that it stopped me doing anything new. And I think for me, that daily trying and failing and trying again and doing something else and constantly having to kind of put myself into the world was like, it just was like this moment where I felt like I had kind of completely opened up, you know, like I just saw the world completely differently. And like, in terms of, I met people I would just never meet. You know, I was the sort of person that was just hanging out with, people that were very similar to me that would have the same views as me because it was safe and easy and I'd be good at it. (laughs) I'd be good at socializing with them where I didn't want to socialize with someone who might not think I was great. Whereas, you know, in that moment, that sort of vulnerability that I was able to kind of cultivate by doing this work, you know, put me, you know, there was this brilliant challenge where I had to get someone over twice my age and someone under half my age to teach Mm. me their favorite dance. (laughs) And so like, you know, I was dancing the salsa with this like 83 year old woman and who I then went on to like have this really lovely relationship with and would visit her. And then my um, best friend had a son who was 11 or so at the time. And, you know, he'd, learned this like interpretive dance and he was like <laughs> teaching that to me and like and um and it was great and it and so to me like that is what feel like since then you know that feels so important to me as kind of something that I want to be working with people on in the world and you know I, I now work with sort of senior leaders on that kind of stuff I also we work with communities, we do, you know, we do all sorts of stuff and we work with people. And but I, and I think one of the things that's really interesting and I'm particularly interested in at the moment is this idea of kind of people who are activists in the world, people who are kind of wanting to make change. Like how do we also do that in a way that is nourishing and how can creativity help us kind of like, you know, think about things in different ways, but also do that in a do that gently and not, you know, not burn ourselves out to the, mm-hmm. to the point in which we're not useful to anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. There's too many people that I see in the sort of spaces around me who are kind of, yeah, being paid terribly or paying themselves terribly or, you know, like not having the kind of structures and supports they need around them and then kind of pioneering into this world. And I, God, I admire them. And I think that you're amazing and you're doing brilliantly, but I know that for me, I've just, I've, can't I can't do that anymore like I just Mm -hmm. I need to there are some things that I need around me in order to do my job well to look after my team well like to have you know the energy to look after my children to support my husband you know you know those things are important to us so that's one of the things that we're also starting to look at through our work is like how can creativity support a really strong workplace culture how can it help people who are doing really amazing social action by kind of giving them a gentler way to explore what they're how they're doing, what they need from each other, that kind of thing. Okay, so let me ask you this. What have you learned along your health journey to thrive within your personal community, family, friends? I think, like, honestly, like, I feel like I'm coming out of a (laughs) point (laughs) where I... So, you know, we've had a really, really difficult year at home. My husband has, you know, a very chronic, very complex mental health stuff um and 
he is also brilliant and wonderful and kind and very, you know, good at what he does and then can kind of disappear and, you know, is just kind of um, quite uncommunicative. And we have two small kids. And one of the things that's really difficult in kind of how you kind of navigate like personal, like, so I suppose I find it really easy to talk to you about it. I find it really easy to do a podcast, you know, I find it really easy to talk to friends, like, you know, certainly sort of colleagues or broader friends. I think the thing that I find the most difficult actually is, is navigating a situation where, you know, I know I am kind of giving out a lot, like I've spent a lot of last this year giving out a lot of my energy, whether that's at work or at home, which are kind of my main two spheres at the moment, because there's not much space outside of those two Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And so actually, I think the thing I'm finding hardest at the moment is like having relationships with my closest friend and family, who I know are the most concerned, will be the most concerned about me, Mm -hmm. because I know that they will say, you know, how can you change this? Like what what can you do differently? And right now I'm definitely in a place where I'm sort of like, I don't really know (laughs) apart from to kind of say I'm, I'm stuck and I can't, um, I'm really struggling to kind of keep up and look after my kids and make sure that they feel happy and healthy and make sure that I feel happy and healthy and manage what's happening at home. So, so yeah, (laughs) without getting, so emotional about it I suppose yeah for me the kind of that's the hard that is is the kind of hardest bit is I am someone who who's pretty open you know I talk a lot about what's happening for me and then when I get in you know when when there's something incredibly complex like what's happening now you know that is it's it's harder to it's also, I suppose I, this is what it is, is that there's no fix. There's no immediate thing I can yeah. do. There's mm-hmm. no solution. There's mm-hmm. no, I'm going to do this and tomorrow it's going to be different. And I suppose that's that's a lot of the way I get my energy is like, and, and that's creativity in itself, isn't it? Like, you know, like, how do I, how do I think about this differently? What, how, what can I do? Like, how can I come up with something that will kind of give me, and I'm, you know, and I have been doing that. I've got this really great group of people that I check in with on a Monday morning about how we want the week to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a lovely supportive group of mum friends who I who call on me and I call on them. Mm-hmm. Like there is loads of stuff that stuff I bought in. And I think ultimately the thing I find the hardest is how do you how do I hold a space for myself to say, I just gotta give in to the fact that this is difficult and there is nothing much I can do. And how do I allow other people into that space and say, I'm not expecting you to fix this. I don't want you to help. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. need you to be here Mm -hmm. with me in the moment of it being hard. And, and and that is hard to do, you know, like that's hard to say, like there are, it's hard for people because most people around you want to fix it. Don't they? People who love you want to help you. Whereas actually what I need from my friends and family now is to say, I know there's nothing I can do, but I'm right here. And I just, I'm just going to give you a hug or I'm just going to be with you and acknowledge that it's hard and not tell you that it needs to be different, but just to say, this is a difficult journey and I'm going to, I'm going to walk it with you. I'm going to walk alongside you. And that, you know, is just useful to say out loud (laughs) because I think it, that's, you know, that's a hard thing. Sometimes I think a hard thing to ask someone for, isn't it? I think it's beautiful. 
that you are practicing doing so. And it is a practice, isn't it? Especially yeah. coming from, um, I, I salute you as a fellow type A woman. It's, <laughs> it is very, very difficult to just ask for help and to just say, I don't want you to fix anything. I just, and I actually, I don't want you to judge it either. Yeah, exactly. Because no, that's also very hard for us, isn't it? It's yeah. it's the attaching the judgment, the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and, and making us feel a little bit worse about the situation when it's really just enough to hear, I hear you, I'm with you. And we can actually share this space together and maybe even a little bit of comfortable silence. Yeah. And that's all I need from you right now. And that's just a gift. And, and I also heard a lot of in your story, in, in your very moving uh, share, and thank you for that just now, a lot of hope. Thank you. Yeah, and I think you're right. And thank you for the space, because I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like how often do we give each other space as friends, you know, that that need to to make it okay for someone often means that we don't we don't have the strength. We don't have the nerve essentially to just let someone chat like to to say out is it what you were doing there for me was to say I'm just going to hold this space while you keep going (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then I'm able to get to the point where I'm like you know what I actually really need is this and you know that that's something I hadn't really noticed like Mm -hmm. I knew that I needed something different I knew that I was sort of avoiding talking to friends and family about it because you know I didn't want to put them in a position where they can. They had to hear me be sad and not be able to do mm. anything. Mm. But also, it's you know part of part of what love is, isn't it? Is to be generous with your vulnerability and to say this is where I am and to trust someone that they will meet you where where you need to be met. And that's the kind of you know that's the kind of relation. You know, I would always hope that I could do that for someone else, and I I think I do, and I hope I do do that but other people. So it's about trusting other people then to let them do that for you. And letting go of the responsibility of caring for or controlling their response, their emotional Mm -hmm. response, letting them process whatever they need to process and not being held responsible for it. Exactly. That's tough too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's so much of, you know, what I feel really passionate about in the work that we do is kind of like you know I've done a lot of that kind of big transformational personal development stuff and it's cool I love that stuff you know but for for most people on a day-to-day basis that stuff is you you know it's like big and scary and what I like about what we do is it's kind of a slightly safer you know like it it gives people Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a little window a little Mm -hmm. moment to be like could I could this be different could I think you know, like, could I be differently in this moment? Could I think differently in this moment? Could I allow someone else to be different? Like, for my, like, for, could I allow myself to perceive someone differently by kind of sort of slightly rejigging my brain in by doing this kind of stuff? Like that. That's what I'm interested in. Like, that's what I love about, yeah, how our work affects people. Whether it's them doing something like a tiny creative challenge in this January challenge that we're doing at the moment, or whether it's a big leadership program, where it's like those little moments. And they take a lot of, it is a lot about like, how, how do I take the, how do I, how do I take responsibility for myself in a different way? How do I take responsibility for seeing others in a different way? You know, it's a, 
it's all we're all a work in progress all of the time aren't we yes yes um, and how we gentle on ourselves during that time well, it reminded me of yoga practice in that you practice in a very low risk environment on your mat, in your chair, so that when you are facing something that's higher risk or higher stress, a higher stress situation, you've been practicing so that you can put that into practice in a more high pressured situation to help yourself. So what I'm hearing from you is seeing yourself as a creative person and doing these low risk creative challenges can help transform the way you see yourself. And so that you can be the person you want to be in your life and show up in a, in a much more vulnerable, um, much more honest, open, messy way absolutely like you, you should do our marketing <laughs> so that's completely it you know I think that it, it is it's about kind of it's like gender it's like a practice isn't it it's like yoga is a practice it's like you know breathing is a practice like we is this thing that we kind of need to and it goes back to what I was saying about strength to me it's like how do we what are the things that like how do we think about the things that we need and it will be different for all of us like what are the things each of us need to kind of show up how we how we want to in the world um and all of that is about practicing well you know there'll be days when we're like yeah I absolutely showed up exactly how I wanted to uh and then there'll be days where you don't do that and it's it's not like it's there's no linear I'm going to the end I'm gonna this is my goal and it's, a, yeah, it's about how do we have the resources so, to navigate the fact that it's always a roller coaster, it's always up and down. I think it's so interesting, isn't it, how we're kind of educated in this incredibly linear way. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know, all of our formative years are like, well, not, maybe not the early ones, but the sort of from the school onwards, it's like, and then we do this exam and then we do this and it mm-hmm. progresses like this. And then suddenly... We get out into the world and it's like, oh, <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> there is no linear process. It just goes round and round. Um, so like, again, the practice of being comfortable with that, the practice of knowing that that skates is something that, you know, we're doing all the time. You know, we have to, we have to keep practicing because it's always going to change. So as we're winding down our lovely conversation, I want to thank you. And I also want to ask you, what you would like to share or ask the women in our virtual living room right now about their health. So I guess one of the things that interests me about how we are as women and how we see ourselves in the world, I suppose, I suppose what, I'm ask, what I would ask is, how are you giving yourself the time and the space to work out what it is that you really need for your health. I think that we are so, mm-hmm. especially now, there's so much influence around us. Like, and it's so easy to be drawn into, well, I saw on Instagram, it's really important to take a bath or like this, you know, everyone else seems to be doing yoga or like this stuff that I'm doing, that person's doing about their gut health seems really cool. And all of those things are cool. Like, you know, it's great to like take in a whole bunch of inf- influences and learn from other people and hear about different kinds of practices and learn from people that are different from you. But also it's like, what, what's the practice? And whether that's, you know, closing your eyes and putting your hands on your belly or thinking about it in the bath or going for a walk, like what's the thing that you're doing to give yourself the time to work out what you really need? Because actually, I think so often we're so used to that, to looking for kind of external validation, external 
answer you know someone someone tell me someone tell me what to do <laughs> whereas actually the only person the only person that can ever really know what's right for your health I mean obviously there are some medical situations where <laughs> like sure. you might not know sure. but like really it is always us and it is about how are we cultivating our practice of knowing within ourselves like what are the how do we how do we allow ourselves time and space for knowing who we are and what we need and how do we keep holding that practicing and holding and doing again that time and space so that we we're developing that practice of listening to ourselves because i think you know that's kind of the best the greatest gift we can give ourselves isn't it really is is that time for knowing i'm so happy robbie connected us i this know was, me yeah too. this was a real gift thank you thanks have so a much. wonderful rest of your day you too take care bye-bye Wise women, stop using your body as a battlefield. Move from last place to first place in your life. Let's raise health together. Take the first step and visit npkhealthintegration.com for a free health questionnaire. Ready for more? Email me at npk at npkhealthintegration.com to learn more about classes and coaching. And let's start a conversation. Thanks for listening and taking this time for yourself. See you next time.